Welcome to the Trinity Western University Chapel podcast. It is our prayer that these chapel talks would bless your heart and they would draw you closer to our Lord. We offer them to the glory of God and for the good of the world. Hey, I want to say as well with Ed, I am pumped that you are in chapel. Think about Trinity where chapel is voluntary. You don't have to be here. It is so great that you are here. I think that is one of the best things you can do in the midst of just the churn of being a university student and the late nights and the crazy life that it can be in this time of your life, that you have the opportunity here at Trinity to be here and that you have taken that opportunity today. So um, how many of you are wearing something that you received for Christmas? An article of clothing. I want you to raise your hand. We've got to be bold with it. I want just to everybody turn to the person next to you and you say, you look fabulous, man. Or woman, man, you look fabuloso. Very good. Got a dress for success. Okay, well, the start of the year is great for a lot of different ways. One of those is you got 100% in every class. You know, you got the A is yours to lose. I was talking to somebody at the end of the semester. It's always not a good sign if when you're taking your final, if you're on the side of the page figuring out how low you can score on the test and still keep your grade. But that day is not this day. You're doing great. And I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Just as was stated earlier by Ed, one of the things that we're going to be focusing on this semester in chapel is the vision statement of the university, which talks about thinking truthfully, acting justly, and then living faithfully in a way that is good for the people around you and brings glory to God. How many seniors are there here? If you could just hold up your hand. If you're a senior graduating this year, All right, give a high five to those seniors. That's awesome. Pat on the back. This vision statement, let me give you a little inside track. The vision statement matters. I mean, it matters a lot to everyone here, but for seniors, because our goal in four months is you'll have, you know, the hat on, the robe on, and we'll be decked out, and you'll be walking across the stage, and our sincere desire for you, seniors, and for everyone else here is that to a greater degree, you think truthfully, you want and long to act justly, and that you are committed to living faithfully for the good of the people around you and for the glory of God. So that's how this series connects to you. This is a goal of your education. It's a goal of the institution. So hopefully you'll see this semester as a way of thinking of looking through something with binoculars. It's kind of fuzzy. It will be a way for you to gradually bring those words into focus in a clear way. So that's our goal. And today we're going to be starting with the idea of thinking truthfully. So how do you think truthfully? I have heard it stated that wisdom is being able to call things by their right name. So being able to know that is true, that is right, that is pure, that is lovely, that is excellent, being able to know as a wise person the difference between what's a lie and what really is the truth. And to me, this idea of thinking truthfully is key to understanding what it is to think in a way that is good for us and good for the people around us and gives glory to God. So what we want to do, the thing about truth that I have learned as well is that we, I mean, we know that things are true. There's the phrase, live your truth. Yeah, 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 I got that. But the key is, so often, truth needs to come to us. I have so many blind spots. Jesus, when he was teaching one of his most favorite, if not his most famous sermon, he talks about that we have, unfortunately, as humans, this capacity to look for the speck in somebody else's eye 
while ignoring a log in our own eye. It is just the way we are put together is to have our blind spots, to see our way as how could anybody not see this? But to think truthfully, you've got to put yourself, I've got to put yourself in a place where you see truth in a way that you hadn't done it before. You go, okay, this is what the Bible is talking about. This is what the scripture is saying to me. And that's what I want to begin the process of today is to try to draw a little tighter focus on what that means. Because again, truth comes to us in other ways. And truth comes to us in lots of varied ways. I'll say that, that when you, after Christmas, after, you know, the freshman 15, no shame on anybody like this, a pair of pants can speak truth into your life. When you just try to, you know, get those pants buttoned in that zipper up, or you step on a scale, maybe a bank statement, maybe a midterm exam. All of those are ways that truth is spoken into our lives. But the center way, again, is through Scripture. And this is why chapel is so important, because in the midst of your busy, crazy day, chapel is a way for God to kind of go right past it. That's how I think of it, is you are blowing through your day, you sit down in chapel, and this is a minute for God to somehow just, I wouldn't say blow you up, but just hit you, rock you, make you think about something. Maybe it does blow you. I don't know. But some way for you to think, okay, I heard something. My head was lifted. My heart was drawn to something that it wouldn't be otherwise. So that's why this idea of truth and chapel are such an important, uh, how they work together. Because in the book of Jeremiah, which is in the Old Testament of the Bible, the Bible is referred to as two things. It's metaphors of a fire, meaning it burns away things that are fluff, that aren't real, and the hammer that it breaks things away from our lives and our lives are forged into what really matters. So with that, there's a passage I want to look at today in particular. This is from the book of Colossians, which is in the New Testament. And I want to say from the get-go, I fully recognize there are people in chapel today at all points of the journey. Some people, you were going to church before you were even born. Your parents were, you know, your mom was pregnant, took you to church, so you've been going a long time. Other people, this, you just get your toe in the water, and I am so glad you're here. Everybody, for all of you, and that's what I want to, we'll look a little bit more of that in a minute, but there is a passage in the book of Colossians, which is in the New Testament, and it says on the screen, okay, I'll read here, I have not ceased praying that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Okay, so this, we're going to come back to this. This is our focus. But it goes on to say that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit, it's kind of a Bible way of saying living a good life, that your life has consequences in the best ways. In every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, that you may have great endurance and patience and joyously giving thanks to the Father. So this idea of growing in the knowledge of God about three-quarters of the way through, there's that phrase, grow in the knowledge of God. How do we do that? How does that help us to think truthfully? Well, I think if we go back to the beginning, this is where it'll give us the insight. Two things I want to zero in on. The phrase that says, God will, that God may fill you with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. To me, this is the route. This is a route to understanding to think truthfully, Okay. As someone who has been a part of church a very long time, I've gone to church. I was one of those, you know, nine months before you're born, I went to church kind of people. I, if you had met me as a high schooler, probably initially when I was a university student, 
I would read this passage, walk in a manner of, worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him in every way. Do you know how I would read that passage? It is all about what I do not do. You know, people talk about their identity. It was said to me, you have an identity. Your identity is what you don't do. I was one of those people that I loved trying to do everything right. So it, my Christianity was so much about what I did not do. And in some sense, is it important to not do certain things? Yes, I think we can all agree. There are some things. It's not smart for you to do, and it's not good for you, and it does not yield anything. But the problem is, you know what the problem is. You know people. <laughs> You're probably people here going, and it's people like you that bug me to death. I hate people that think of their faith and Christianity in that sort of way. That it's, it, it, is, it is about not doing things, but it's so much more about speaking into, stepping into, joining, engaging the work of God in this world and the life that comes in that. Well, that's one way of looking at it. The other way is this idea of walking in a manner worthy. You are about doing the stuff. You're just perpetually trying to do stuff to, to where God goes to impress God. Hey, check this out. I dropped a 20 in the plate. Hey, I helped somebody across the street. Hey, I did this. That it's this hamster wheel of trying to always get God to go, you love me, right? Come on, you love me, right? This, look at all this stuff. I'm doing good. I do this good. I'm going to do good on the test. I do something I shouldn't have done. Well, I'm going to mess that test up. So it's this totally balance that when you do enough good things, then okay, I'm happy with you. But let me tell you both of those things Jesus spoke directly to that said, that is not the way to think about a relationship with me. It is not about trying to not do, it's about stepping towards. And it's not about trying to earn, constantly earning, trying to get. Jesus set us free from that. And to me, if you don't hear anything else, I think that is the key, that the, the unending, unceasing, enduring the love that sees you seated in this gym, on that gym bench today, that, that his love, it says in, uh, uh, says in Psalms that as many as the sands on the seashore, so are his thoughts towards us. So he has a direct love towards us. So here's the thing. You will grow in your understanding and love of God, I believe, as this shows, that it is about stepping into when you take a step and allow yourself to be a part of the, the things that God is doing in the world. When you step into this, when you get close to this, it's like you experience this in a different way. So let me come over here. I've got somebody. Just tell me your name. Really, this is as bad as it gets. I'm not going to embarrass you. What's your name? Kennedy. All right, Kennedy. If Kennedy had like a heart monitor, or we had some way to figure out what's going on in Kennedy, chances are her heart rate just jumped a little bit when I came over her and asked her name. People in the back row are going, uh, people in the back row are probably going, and this is reason number 512 why I do not sit on the front row ever. It's for things like this. So Kennedy, the thing is, Kennedy and I are closer together now. And Kennedy is experiencing this moment in a different way than anybody else is because she's next to what's going on. I mean, she's in it. And to me, this is a great picture of why it is so important for you and I to take steps where we step into the work of God. That can be what you do with your money, where you say, God, I want to give towards this. Somebody is in need. We've got our outreach ministries where you can go in the downtown east side of Vancouver. You can be with people that are very different, that have very different lives for you. It's so different when you're just whipping through in your car on Hastings you know, headed to purebred and then revolver coffee for a little treat to go, mm, homeless people, not good, yeah. And you just drive past versus you go there on a Friday night and you get to know their name. You get to know them. You get a firsthand view. And in that sense, you will understand God in a way that you would not otherwise. 
So learning to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord is stepping into the work that God is doing in some way. So that is a great way to grow. Another way, and to me, see, okay, this is connects back to the vision statement. Thinking truthfully, what's the next line? Helps you to act justly. See, it's not just thinking in a way. You know, I think this about people. I think this about the heart of God, that in that, now it moves me to act justly. And once you get that little feedback loop going, that virtuous circle of I step into something, I learn about it, I learn a new way, which helps me step back into it, which I learn something, that is a beautiful place to be in. And you will grow, I 100% guarantee you will grow in that. Okay, so that's walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. That's a way that we step into and grow in our knowledge of God. Second thing, and this is the last thing I want to say today, as we are just about out of time, is that this idea of walking, I want to focus on just taking one step. One of the things that I know is that there are people here today who have tried Christianity, and it just would, does not, it's like a shoe that did not fit. It just did not work for them. There are people who, there's something in them where they say, I want to know God. There, I don't know much. I know about that much, but I want to know more. Let me tell you, God has you here for a reason. I 100% believe that God has you here for a reason. And that as you sit in classes, you learn from your professors, as you come to chapel, as you get to know people here, my hope is that you will be willing to take a step towards Jesus. For some, you think that, hey, that is all I can do. If that's all you can do, that's it. Maybe it's just coming to chapel. Maybe it's saying, praying to God, I don't... I don't know anything about you, but I pray you would reveal yourself to me in some way this year. That is the prayer God, talk about God. That's the kind of prayer, that's the kind of person that Jesus was drawn to. He ran to people like that. So that is my prayer for you, is that if that is someone for you, that you, this idea of walking in a manner worthy, that you just worry about taking a step towards what you believe God is leading to you, draw somebody in. You can talk with uh, Chaplain Ed. I know this would make his day. I can 100% guarantee if you came up and said, I want to grow, I want to know, he would love that. I would love that. Anyone that works here would love that. So to wrap up today, what I want you to do, you each received a block and a pencil, hopefully. You do not have to participate in this if you don't want to. This is a total opt-in kind of thing. But what we're going to do is I would like to challenge you for you to figure out what is the next step for you. If you could say, Jesus, help me with this. I want this. I want you to write that on that block. Do not put your name. Nobody's going to connect you to the block or anything like that. As you walk out, there are two bins on the end there. One is for your pencil and one is for the block. Just toss them in there. And then we'll add them and stack them into this uh, cross here. And as we worship together, as we meet as a community, these pegs will fill this in. And it is a way that we will each day that we have chapel bring our longing, that our prayer that we're asking Jesus for to chapel and bring it here. So if there are days that you can't be here, I guarantee your prayer or your desire will be here in this cross. So I'm gonna pray. And at this point, while I'm praying, you can write on your block or you can, um, wait a minute. You, I think we've got enough time here. If you need to sit for a minute, that's good. And if, you, if this is something that you think, I'm not down, sorry, I'm just not there, that is totally fine. Just do the same thing. Toss your block over there and your pencil, and we'll take it from there. All right, let me pray, and then we're dismissed. Jesus, thank you so much for your presence with us, that you hear us, you love us. 
you're drawing us to yourself always. And I pray for these students as they begin their uh, semester here, you would bless them in every way, help them increasingly to think truthfully about you, about this world, about themselves, to love justice, that their heart would be drawn to things that really do, uh, that are at your heart, and that they would live in a way that's faithful to that. So we pray this and ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.